Welcome back to This Is Jazz Today. My name is Nick Finzer and I'm here with Alan Blanchard and we have somehow made it to the end of January. It's February 1st already and we are looking back at January's releases. We have a little, we had a little bit of a break as uh, the end of the year doesn't usually uh, have too many new releases because everyone's busy with the holidays, but we're back at it full steam and we've got a slate of 10 great new releases on our Spotify playlist. The Spotify playlist is called This Is Jazz Today. There's a new 2019 This Is Jazz Today. If you go back and want to check out all of the This Is Jazz 2018, they're sitting there on the Outside In Music uh, Spotify channel. You can also find those on our website, outsideinmusic.com. So Alan, thanks for being here and thanks for putting together a great new playlist. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. So, um, was there a lot of stuff or was there just as a kind of a soft roll into the new year here? Um, there was a lot of, there, well, there was a lot of stuff that I hadn't necessarily known before, but what I was, you know, I shouldn't really be surprised about it, but there were a lot of singles, you know, of, of releases that were coming out either February or March, um, by, you know, a lot of big and, and popular artists that a lot of people are used to. Yeah. I noticed that here on, uh, on the playlist and um i think people are maybe starting to catch on that that's a a good way to get people introduced to the record before it actually comes out and i know that we've started to do that for some of our artists as well and it's been pretty effective in, in generating a lot more activity on release day right but right. uh let's let's just kind of jump right in i know alan's very excited everyone because he just got a brand new microphone so we, he can sound even better on this podcast so you can, you can tell by the depth <laughs> and color to his voice that he's upgraded his setup, a little Christmas Nam show uh, extravaganza. Yeah, yeah, definitely uh, being out in Anaheim at, at Nam uh, convinced me that it needed to happen. Yeah, Alan, if you don't know, Alan and I were out there. We gave a little t- talk, I guess, a little session for, what was it, with Gen Next? What was it called? Uh, Gen- Generation Next, I think it was, uh, with the College Music Society out at uh, Nam. Yeah, we talked a little bit about our content strategy, a little bit about some things that we're thinking about as students. Alan's just wrapping up his last semester in grad school. Thank God. uh, (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure you can't wait to be done. So that will be up on YouTube in a matter of weeks if you want to check out that talk. But uh, for now, let's get back to the This Is Jazz Today playlist, 2019, January releases, number 10. Let's go. Yeah, so number 10 is this new album coming out um, with, I mean, the big person that I recognized off of it was Joe Lovano, the great tenor saxophone player called Trio Tapestry. Um, It also features, and again, I'll give my disclaimer if I mispronounce anything, very sorry, but the pianist Marilyn Crispell and the guitarist Carmen Castellati. Um, It's really interesting because for me, and you know everyone has a different opinions but joe lovano's projects that he's usually involved in are very hit or miss with me okay um just because of it's what he likes to do and i can certainly recognize him as a as a great saxophone player and everyone in his band is obviously of the highest quality but it's a little bit more um i guess you could say free sure in, in my experience so he talks about with this album um that they're really going for Again, this whole free kind of vibe, but it's very modal in a sense. Um, and and they they compare it to you know playing together like an orchestra or creating a tapestry, which hence the name of the album. And so the one I picked is certainly a little bit more of the um, less free 
tunes off the record. But again, it's a phenomenal record. It's uh, it's great to hear um, Marilyn and, and Carmen, who I've never heard before, or at least don't think I've heard before. Yeah, I don't think I have um, either. Yeah, and so they just go, you know, it's very much like uh, someone plays something and then you get a response from this very percussion-driven drummer. Um, and the pianist kind of empty and answers with harmony or sometimes the pianist will send out like a more modal sound and then Joe will play a line through it. Um, and then you get kind of almost like a Brian blade type vibe from Carmen where the sense that it's not necessarily just answering in, um, you know, a regular, like here's a cymbal or here's a drum, but kind of exploring the drum kit as an entire percussive instrument rather than just it's something to hold the drums, you know? Yeah, totally. So I think if people are into a little bit more of the, the free and, and um, a complete imp- improvisation-based tunes. They'll be a big fan of that record. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, he's he's kind of Joe is somebody that you know for me as an artist, I try to look up to as somebody that's not afraid to make to take chances and not afraid to like surprise his audience with something totally different than the last thing because he's got super straight-ahead stuff with the nonette and then like super free stuff and stuff with Paul Motion and just all over. It's kind of like a Miles Davis vibe, if if uh, in my opinion, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. where he's like he's he's just really does not care, like you said, and it's just gonna do whatever, um, whatever he feels like doing, and, and then do it. Yeah, well, that's something that I, you know, as an artist, definitely try to try to aspire to have the courage to do. It's not always the the practical thing, right? But, right, right. But awesome, yeah. This I think this was also the single that came out from this record because I remember I, I've heard this particular track. I think it came out a little oh, bit before the record. Yeah. Oh. Seeds of change. Yeah. I think it was on. I think it's on this the Spotify's uh, State of Jazz playlist as well. Maybe that's where right I on. first heard it. And uh, so now in number slot number nine, I see that you had to include something so that everybody thinks that we're doing this podcast just so I can share music that I'm on. Uh, this is a, a new release uh, from a cooperative band put together by Positone Records. Mark Free, the producer for that label. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit of your perspective about this tune? Yeah, I mostly put it on here because I'm a little petty that there's not a trumpet player in the band. <laughs> um, no, but I, you know, I've been seeing. You know, I generally don't listen to the music that you're putting out because there's so much going on, and so. This you guys have been posting a lot, you and Alexa, about this album. So I was checking it out the other night, um, and it's this band like you're talking about, like a co- collective sextet with uh, Alexa Tarantino on alto, yourself on trombone, Sam Dillon on tenor sax, Art Herrera, Hira I don't know Hara. if I pronounced that correctly, on piano, yeah, uh, Boris Kozlov on bass, and then Rudy Roystein on drums. Um, and the biggest thing for me that was a little, like I said, a little interesting was hearing it, um, like hearing the color that was created when there was no trumpet um, because then you get you know the altos kind of like the lead voice mm-hmm. but with you know a lot of your playing was in the uh, was in the higher register so you guys kind of blended together in this weird not trumpet sounding group <laughs> you're so jaded <laughs> well it's just it's it's interesting it's very interesting and you know it's great like there's tons of great solos the band is amazing I'm, I was a very uh, very much a fan of it um, you know, you guys did a lot of stuff. Uh, this is interesting because you were on the album. You guys did a <laughs> lot of stuff that uh, where the melody was um, all of you guys playing like a line at the same time. So it was it, like color was like a really big thing, though. 
um, as, as jaded as I sound between, um, all the horns playing together, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was, uh, it was very interesting to hear that. And again, great souls going throughout. Um, Sam Dillon is a bad dude, mm-hmm. you know, and you, you hear Alexa play flute on some of, uh, one of the tracks, I think. And so again, I, I would definitely recommend it. It's something that, um, it's also really interesting to hear like these collective type bands form, like we see with blue note and everything where they don't necessarily normally play together. They might have before, but then they all come together for this one project. And it's interesting to see how they all, uh, I mean, for lack of a better word, but pull it off. Sure. Yeah. I mean, this was totally a brainchild of, of Mark and, uh, we just got together, played, we played more music than what was on, what ended up being on the record. Just kind of picked, picked from what was, uh, came out came out the best it was kind of a whirlwind kind of situation but uh so you picked why aren't you excited which is a tune of mine and oh uh, i did not even know that one that's funny yeah that that tune comes from uh 2015 record of mine called the chase that's where it just proves i have not listened to all of your music oh well you know i guess that means you're gonna get fired Uh, so moving ahead for, to number eight, of course, you had to make up for the lack of trumpet and go right to the oh, trumpet. Oh, certainly. Record. Certainly. Um, and, you know, I'll uh, I'll see if you can help me put together the pieces on this one, because I will say that my only complaint um, with this album had nothing to do. Well, this is a single for his upcoming album called The Artist. Um, and it's just off Jeremy Pelt's. Uh, the single's called Watercolors. And the only complaint I had was it was very difficult for me to find information about the single. Oh, really? So, yeah. So I think the vibraphone player, because um, he's played a lot with him, is a Steve Nelson. Could be, um, yeah. Who's from, I think he played with, like, the Dave Holland Quartet. Quintet, yeah. Quintet, sorry. But it's it's a great track. Um, Jeremy Pelt's a phenomenal trumpet player. And, you know, and while I was trying to look up everything, I, you know, just has an endless discography. Um, and definitely think people will enjoy listening to it if it kind of... Um, if they like the, the Dave Holland sound with, you know, with the trumpet out front, or, you know, it even has like some vibes of how Cannibal would have kind of run his quartet, like that type of writing in the band. But it's, it's really great. Uh, definitely takes a different perspective of using vibraphone than someone like, say, uh, Marquise Hill, mm-hmm. where the vibraphone there, I think, is used to create more of uh, the color and the texture behind him, whereas here it's, it's almost like a different, another instrument out front, you know? Right, right, totally. Yeah. So I definitely recommend people listen to it, and it's you know I think the the song title "Watercolors" is really appropriate, especially with using you know all the different timbres that he's able to get um, while while performing with his group. And really looking forward to the record coming out in February, to to my understanding. Yeah, it looks like February eighth is the release of that one. Yeah. So literally a week from now, that'll be really good to hear. Amazing, yeah. I mean, his his uh, body of work speaks for speaks for itself. I think so. Yeah, definitely I mean, worth always checking it out. From, you know, Nancy Wilson, to Cedar Walton, Vincent Herring, Frank Foster. Like everyone, I just never knew, but he's played with them all. Yeah, he's a bad dude. Yeah. And now we're turning to an outside-in artist here, a bass player. Used to live in New York, played with him a bit. Now he lives in L.A. and his name is Jake Lecky. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, you know, it's funny because we met him, or I met him while we were out at NAMM, um, and I never really listened to his stuff, but after that, you know, I was like, well, I should probably listen to it. 
Um, <laughs> and so I picked the title track off of it, uh, The Abode, which was really cool because it started off with a, uh, a string quartet type, uh, type vibe, and then it moves into not necessarily a second line, but like a New Orleans-inspired groove. Um, at least that's what I hear. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a, it's a great composition. It's a great tune. And again, you know, always buys and looking at the trumpet players. Kenny Warren kills it on this record, in my opinion. Yeah, he sounds good. Um, yeah. And so I definitely, you know, a big thing for me has always been, you know, what is the, what's the groove going on in, in the album and, and how does it fit in with the band? And I think that this one, um, this tune especially kind of just settles in and it just feels good to listen to. And then having all the different, um, colors and textures with having the strings on let's see three of the tracks on the album mm-hmm. um this one too it's, it's really interesting and i definitely think people will enjoy hearing it um all the different compositional things that jake does and you know that plus great soloing yeah hey, what more could you want in an album right and this track was also the single from his record so i'm not yeah. sure which which version you picked because there's two versions I think I think I picked the one from the album. From the album, uh, and as luck would have it, the guy that arranged the strings is also a trumpet player. And a trumpet player. Uh, his name is Danny Janakucci. He's another New York New York guy, originally from LA, but um, he's a, a band leader and arranger and does a lot of things. Playing a show on Broadway where he has to play trumpet, flugabone. Just like a valve trombone bass or a valve trombone that's like all squished squished together and is then just a bass trumpet like a bass trumpet yeah but i think okay. it's technically a different instrument i'm not exactly sure all right they've been posting about this flugabone i don't really i don't really know is it made by shogger i i have no idea i don't know what it is but the, the thing that he had to do for this show is learn to play theremin so he gets his double is a uh, flugabone and theremin anyway but danny's a great dude that's a, an aside here. So, <laughs> so that was well, number seven on our list. Jazz idiom. Yeah, well, you know, th- jazz theremin is coming back. It's gonna, it's gonna be a hit in twenty nineteen. Where did jazz theremin start? I want you to first tell me that one. Uh, well, that's not part of the mainstream of jazz history. Right, right, right. But if we go to YouTube, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, if you can't tell me where the music began, how are you gonna tell me where it's gonna go? Well, this is true. We're gonna go to number six on our list. <laughs> <laughs> this is, a, I, I like this record. It's kind of. You know, a little out of left field a little bit, but uh, Jeff Ballard's yeah, a new record. A little bit's an understatement. <laughs> um, it, yeah, I was first, uh, you know, Jeff, like when this happens, obviously one of the things I do is I start looking up, you know, what are the new releases coming out in January? I make a large list of everything, and then I kind of thumb through them, listen to them, and get my initial thoughts. And then, you know, same thing like you do for the label. If you want to listen to more and you go to something else, it's already made another round of lists. Um, and this record by Jeff Ballard called Fairgrounds, um, which the, the core group is Jeff Black Ballard on drums and percussion, Lionel Loecki on guitar and vocals, Kevin Hayes, piano, keyboard, vocals, uh, Reed Anderson's on electronics, and Pete Rend um, on piano and Fender Rhodes. So the album is very, uh, as you can imagine, with someone specifically on electronics, <laughs> it's a very electronic vibe behind it, but it's it's really cool to hear. And, and um, you've heard some people kind of try this before, but I think that this kind of hits 
this does a good job of the balance of trying to keep like maybe more like an acoustic um, tradition that we have while exposing it to the technology of what's going on today and all these different um, sounds that you could attribute to like something that you might have heard in a video game or in an arcade or something. Yeah, um, totally. It's got that vibe. Accurately <laughs> describes all that's going on. <laughs> yes, it's There's great artwork. Just coming from everywhere. And actually, the track I picked, Hit the Dirt, uh, also features Chris Creek, or Chris Cheek, excuse me, on tenor saxophone. Um, but Mark Turner's also on a couple of these tracks. So it's a great record. Um, and it's cool because even though it has this, this uh, common theme, a lot of the tracks are very different from one another. So you, you, know, you might find some on it that you're like, nah, this isn't for me. But then others, you know, it, it helps bridge the gap a little bit more for someone that doesn't necessarily listen to this type of stuff regularly you know right 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 totally um yeah i mean there's definitely some experimental things happening but i think yeah (laughs) you know this one to me is this record is a good reminder of like you just need to like make interesting stuff sometimes you know you just have to like go for it and just see what happens Right, right and uh also just like the importance I think, especially now, of having kind of an eye-catching uh, thumbnail for your for your record, you know, yeah, or for your for your single or whatever. Just having that's like it's super fun looking, and I would want that just to have that. And so, I'm imagining other people will buy that just to have that little piece of artwork. Definitely, and they have like a great video. Um, and what was interesting, so the song I picked, "Hit the Dirt," was actually written by Kevin Hayes in the band. Um, but they have uh, this stuff, from my understanding, was actually all recorded live um, on a tour of Europe mm-hmm. in like March of 2015. Oh, wow. So they've really been, you know, sitting on it for a while. But it's, it, you know, again, like you're talking about, it's just really important to be creating just good quality things, especially when they take this very, uh, you know, ethno music approach or however you want to look at it, where we see jazz and, or jazz or whatever we want to call it now, you know, is getting less defined by the specific tradition and bringing in all these other uh, influences that we have and in this one we see it not only in, in other music perspectives but with science and technology and how that's advanced right right well that one I hope people will check that out just just for something different just like the yeah, Levano yeah, yeah. you know this one is something different just your one thing that day we are like I'm going to try something new oh yeah so how about number five pure imagination am I guessing correctly that this is the song from Willy Wonka you would be correct. <laughs> um, this is from a band that I hadn't heard of um, before, but evidently this band has has been around because um, they put out a record back in 2012 called The L.A. Sessions, and the band is called Accidental Taurus. Um, so this time I picked up on it because Peter Erskine's on it, but the other key people in the band are um, Marcus Berger, who's a German pianist, and then we have... Bob Magnuson? Magnuson? I think so. I think that's how you pronounce it, on bass. And so it was an interesting um, record to listen to because, well, not record, single from an upcoming record, excuse me, because it takes like a very, um, you know, Pure Imagination is this kind of light and childlike song from the Willy Wonka class we all think of, but they kind of make it a little dark. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is interesting. I mean, I think that the song, that the whole movie, that whole thing is kind of, you know, it has both a dark and light to the whole thing. Oh, sure. Like, 
but it's dark, dark in the sense of uh, like the harmony that goes with it. Kind of like a Brad Meldow vibe, mm-hmm. which is certainly, you know, makes a lot of sense with the fact that Marcus and I'm pretty sure Bob is too, are both German. I know Marcus Berger for at least, at least is German. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, that's definitely, like we've talked about before, a little bit more popular, uh, like a, a trio vibe sure. than necessarily in the U.S. right now. Sure, maybe it depends who you're talking about. But. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but again, I'm, I'm kind of really excited to see what the record's going to sound like. It's, uh, again, it's it's always fun to just pick up on somebody new that you didn't hear mm-hmm. uh, before. Like on the last record, they had, um, instead of Peter Erskine, they had Joe LaBarbera. Oh, Joe LaBarbera. Oh, there you go. There we go. Yeah, it's early in the morning, man. Um, oh, that's great. You don't know Joe LaBarbera? I definitely do. I've just never had to say his name. Oh, there you go. He's a big band writer. You've probably played some of his charts. Actually, for a fact, I know that we played some when you were in my big band. What big band? What? I don't know. I don't know what we played then. I forgot about the, all that except the teams we played for the last show. That doesn't matter. But anyway, um, but Joe's a great drummer. Yeah, yeah. Like, all of his quality. It's just, you know, I never um, would have picked up on the name Accidental Taurus. You know, I would never sure. come across that. So it's interesting when you when picking up Peter Erskine and then you find whatever other projects that they're in, you know, doing this with all musicians, you'll find out like, oh, Terrence Blanchard wrote this one thing, you know, somewhere and is now featured on this album. Then you find this whole other band, you know? Right. No, yeah, that's that's the good thing and the important thing about why you need to, if our artists are listening, fill out the paperwork <laughs> and uh, list the, everyone on all the tracks so that they can get it's tagged. It's very important. Yeah, like, like we're sitting here and on on the playlist, you can see the names. You can see Marcus Berger, Bob Magnuson, Peter Erskine. You can click them and go on to other their other pages and see their, where they appear. And right, and that's a good cross promotion for all, you know. Especially if you have a big name person on your record, it's important to make sure that all that gets taken care of. Uh, right. so, <clears throat> PSA aside, uh, let's keep moving. We got number four, another. Of your another of your favorite artists here. All right, I you know I don't like you just throwing around that everyone's my favorite artist. All right, we have lots of favorite artists. Every trumpet um, player is your favorite. Right. So this one is a new single out by uh, Theo Crocker, um, who you know great trumpet player. He's put out a couple records, um, and he's he's now starting a new big band. Um, oh yeah, I saw that. They came up with this. Yeah. Um, can't remember the name of it right now, but I know it's played like two or three times up in, uh, in at Ginny's, I think, in, ha- yeah. in Harlem. So this was kind of an interesting um, timing and whatnot because I think you had reminded me that it came out. And it's this, so this is a single, uh, "Subconscious Flirtations and Titillations," off of his upcoming album on Masterworks, Star People Nation. Um, and Theo is very much a um, big picture kind of guy, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, like he has, he, he thinks about, you know, right now for me when it comes to writing tunes, um, I'm just concerned that I can find a chord that gets me from A to B and it makes sense. <laughs> but he, he takes on this idea of trying to compose based upon like imagery or, or an experience or something. And I think that's, you know, a really powerful thing when you can do it well. So he, he talks about this track. And he says that this is the story of two lovers <laughs> and their experiences back and forth with each other. Oh, interesting. Um, and, and the sapiosexual interplay between them. 
So it's a very uh, lush and full soundscape with, uh, you know, him coming in and out and, and, and all these, like, ethereal sounds and, and from the drums and the synths and everything. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm very interested to see how it'll play into the entire album um, because he, he's kind of talked about it a little bit through social media and whatnot, that the, the album is a very uh, self-reflective album. Um, so... We'll see how how it comes. I, the single's great, you know. I'm sure the album's gonna be great. Um, I think it's a little different than what he's been putting out in the past, and it's um, you know because from some of his other albums like Afrophysicist and whatnot, it's uh, some of the tracks have a very present like distorted guitar and whatnot. But this is more again like ethereal and like a euphoric type of track that I think some people will uh, will enjoy if they if they like those kinds of sounds. Totally, totally. So we're moving from there to another kind of, not ambient, but uh, maybe a similar sort of vibe with the new Snarky Puppy single. Yeah, so we're, you know, all disclosure, we're now into the world of uh, the singles of the great bands that are coming out. Okay, yep, yep. Um, for the rest of it. So Snarky Puppy announced their 12th studio album, you know, with doing a couple things. Um called Immigrants, which they're going to debut with their first ever live performance of the music uh, at the Ground Up Music Festival in February. Um, and so they just released a single, which is very um, Latin-infused and, and um, you know, kind of like salsa sounding, salsa band sounding, This and very heavily percussive. So I think if you're a fan of Snarky Puppy, like this is going to be exactly what you expect where they go between so many... Um, changes of you know uh, sounds and smaller ensembles inside of like a larger ensemble and whatnot they're always layering things um there's some great uh, percussion moments in here where the band kind of drops down its percussion and then um, you have a great flute solo that comes through and then piano at the very end again it's just it's what snarky puppy does and it's what they do very well um, and just a new album coming out, but this one specifically is a more Latin-infused uh, track. Nice. I'm not sure when that record comes out, but that festival, I've been interested to get down there and check it out. They do it in Miami. I think it's probably yeah, I think it comes like, out on March 15th. Oh wow! So after but, the festival. Yeah, yeah, but they're gonna like debut it um, at their festival in February, which I mean makes a lot of sense if you're <laughs> if you have your own festival. Yeah, you know, totally. Why not use it for promotional purposes? Yeah, well, that's that's what we need to do. Where should we have it? In Tallahassee? <laughs> um, maybe no. somewhere that has a little bit larger of an airport. Yeah, that would be good. Uh, and now, we're getting close here. Number two, Chris Potter. I mean, yeah. How can you go wrong with Chris Potter? Yeah, I mean, if you don't like listening to a little bit of a child prodigy, who are you? <laughs> um, so Chris Potter's new album coming out. Um, and this is the single that he just released called Hold It. Um, again, the, the album has Eric Carlin playing drums and James Francis on synths or, or keyboards or how, how will you. And it's really interesting because uh, the two most prominent voices, I would say, on this single at least are the drums and Chris Potter. Makes sense. So you kind of hear the synth or, or the keyboard is kind of less of a setting up harmony and it's more of like responding to the such the dominant presence that Chris Potter has and we've all I'm sure um, if you've ever gone YouTube <laughs> seen all of the videos of Chris Potter you know doing Cherokee and all 12 keys acapella or tune up and all 12 keys acapella and how 
harmonically sound he is. Um, and I think that's really freeing for a pianist in this example. So they are able to respond in, in different ways and implying different things and, um, you know, playing, having to play less chordally and they can play more melodically in lines. Um, and it kind of gives it a little bit of an uh, electric vibe, kind of like we're talking about the Jeff Ballard thing, because the way Eric Harlan plays and the timbres of his drums mixed with the electronic keyboard, you know? Yeah, right. So yeah. I He's think it's high pitched uh, drums. It kind of has that vibe of his, uh, his electric band that he was releasing for a little bit. Yeah, right. right. Uh, so I, I think people will be very, very much. Uh, enjoyed with it and they they will like it a lot i'm really excited for the record to come out because chris potter again is just like really good <laughs> so I'm, I'm always excited to see what stuff he comes out you know he was just on um he's on dave meter's record with us and, and all so it's, it's really interesting to see where he he pops up and where he doesn't um because he's again one of those people that you'll just find on someone's record somewhere and you're like uh what why why was this never told to me you know yeah, I mean, he's super in demand, you know? I don't know if he's still touring with Pat Metheny or not. I don't know, honestly. Like, he just, he he kind of, like, disappears for a second. And, I mean, I don't follow him heavily on social media, so I could be completely wrong on this. But he disappears for a second and then reappears somewhere else with, like, this great project and then kind of goes back down, you know, and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, he's always on the road, you know? He's constantly on the road and stuff like that just making making it happen it's kind of interesting because it's kind of to me like an evolution of his bands like since the early the mid 2000s i guess like he had a band that was guitar and keyboards and bass and drums there's that that record was like called follow the red line i think and there was a bunch of records then the underground records which i think were the same and now it's just trio, which I wonder how much of that has to do with just the practicality of touring now in right. 2019, just the cost of well, all of that stuff. It's nuts because, you know, like we hear all the stuff that he puts out and we see all the YouTube videos and whatnot. But, man, I found him on a Joanne Brackeen record called Pink Elephant Magic, thanks to uh, Tim Moorfield. And oh, really? it's like, it's, you know, it's, it's incredible all of the different projects that he's able to cover. Yeah, man, he's just, yeah, he's a great, great musician. You know what I just realized looking at his cover is when I first saw it, I didn't notice it. It just looked like circuit boards to me, but then it actually says his name in the in the circuit board. Wait, it says his name in the circuit board? Yeah, it's like one of those, um, you know, did you ever have those books when you were a kid where you had to like cross your eyes and then see the pattern that comes out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 3D, pa it's like that. It says Chris Potter. It definitely says Chris Potter. Yeah, you'll have so to weird. you'll have to pick up the it's like it's like turned forty five degrees, right across the oh, middle. Oh, I see it now. I see yeah, it. Yeah, now you can't not see it. That's that's so weird. Well, you know what? And I was just when I, I was on that excursion to see his name in it. Um, I also just saw that he had a new single come out from the record today. Um, oh, today. So yeah, because uh, you know February one is a Friday. I know. So the second single, The Nerve, comes out. Um, oh, and it also says Circuits on the record art right below Potter, if you didn't see that one. Oh, I didn't. Now I see it, though. Yeah, look at that. Well, you'll have to check that out. Google uh, yeah. Chris Potter. Uh, I guess Hold It is if, the single. but If not for the music. I think Circuits is the name of the record when it comes out, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, that would make sense. Like, they're going with a really strong Circuit theme there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Let's see. So, oh, we got one more. We got number one. 
We have right. we Branford. Yeah, Branford. Tell us about this. I haven't heard this track yet. I haven't heard this record. It is killing. Hence it being number one. Um, it is first off. I was really interested with this one and several of the others. Um, they have uh, they put out a video. Really. And I'm pretty sure his is on MTV. Oh wow. Um, which is killing. First off, you know. Um, but it's yeah. It's so it's his quartet. Um, with Eric Rivas on bass, Justin Faulkner on drums, and Joey Calarazzo on piano. Um, and it's it's phenomenal. So the record's supposed to be coming out on OK, O-K-E-H records. Yep. Um, March 1. It's called The Secret Between the Shadow and the Soul. Um, and it's it's the first release that he's put out as a quartet since the title, like, seven years ago for MFers. <laughs> oh, right. That was that long ago already? Wow. Yeah. Because, you know, the record I think of uh, as his last record was the one that he did with... Uh, Kurt Elling? Uh, yeah, Kurt Elling, um, which is phenomenal, if you guys haven't heard it. But this was really interesting because it got back to that um, that Brainford sound. Mm-hmm. And I know that's going to sound really vague, but if people listen to it, like, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And it's also really interesting because I listen to a lot of Wynton, obviously, as his brother. But you can kind of hear the same... Um, on some of Wenton's more uh, through-composed con- uh, compositions and whatnot, and on Branford's stuff earlier, you kind of hear that same vibe come back to this, where, um, you know, and the, the title Snake Hip Waltz kind of cues up to that, where they it's kind of like weaving in and out, and you really got to stay tuned to it, and sometimes it enters on um, weird beats and, and whatnot, but it's, it's great. It, but his, you know, trio behind him is always so responsive to what he's doing. And I think people that are that like it will, that like Branford are gonna love this record. He's also, and I think personally, one of the better soprano sax players. Oh um, yeah. And he plays soprano on this one, so I think people will be a fan of that. Um, if we're talking about artwork, though, <laughs> I think it's a little interesting. I don't know if you have it pulled up, but it kind of looks like. Uh, I sort of do. Again, I can see it I'm small. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. You know, isn't anybody? They're all great musicians, but it kind of looks like Joey's looking up to his parents. Oh man, that's not nice. <laughs> just because he's, you know, whether wherever he's positioned or whatnot, he just looks like he's looking up, you know. Um, yeah. So it's cool, man. <laughs> well, you know, what are you gonna do? Yeah, I don't know. Play piano better than I ever would be able to. So. Well, that yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, just you know, a couple things. So this was recorded, um, you know, last year while they were on uh, a break in um, Melbourne, Australia. Okay. So it has uh, some originals by the rest of the band. Um, but, you know, it's, again, it's one of those things where, like, he's been playing with uh, Eric Rivas and Joey Calarazzo for, like, 20 years. Yeah, that quartet has been together for a long time. Yeah, and so another thing that, because uh, I looked up a lot of information on this one, they are going to feature a new take on the 1970s Keith Jarrett quartet tune, uh, The Wind Up. Oh, yeah? They're going to do that. So that's going to be on there. Um, and, you know, again, really interested to see how this goes he, he talks about uh where okay so he he, he really talks about uh, one of these you know little press quotes that he sent out that his approach to writing in this and, and in general is to not necessarily forget the melody but that the melody and the harmony move together you know whereas a lot of people myself included you know will write the harmony because you're like oh well this sounds cool and it's like well let me now find a melody that fits with it within it you know sure rather than forgetting that they both can change interchangeably um, while you're right. trying to figure out what you like. So, great record, great quartet. Um, 
very excited for that to come out in a month from now now. I'm sure they're going to release another single sometime coming up, but it, it gets back to a sound, and like I said, I couldn't believe it had been seven years since his last quartet record. I know. I guess things could just move really fast. Time goes fast, I guess. Yeah, well, it's the end of January. We're already into 2019. It's February. It's, been going real it's quick. February. God. Oh, it's, it's, well, okay, which is the end of January. No, it's the beginning of February. <laughs> January is, is over. The end of January. Like, it's we over. It's the end of January. Yesterday like, was the end of January. <laughs> uh, okay. Whatever. <clears throat> well, Alan, thank you for putting this list together. This is good. I'm really glad to uh, be able to check some of this stuff out. I'm not going to listen to myself, but I will listen to the rest of the of the record of the playlist for sure. I wouldn't listen to you either, but I would listen to the rest. The rest of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Amazing. So we'll be back in about a month, the beginning of uh, March to cover all the stuff that's coming out in February. A lot I know there's a lot of records coming out. I know we have a lot of records coming out. Three singles came out today from Outside of Music. Yeah. One from Jordan Pate, uh, one from Nick Grinder, a trombonist, and uh, one from Gabriel Vikens, a Puerto Rican guitarist. And uh, Nick and Jordan both have albums coming out this month on the 8th, or no, on the 15th and 22nd, their records are coming out. Dave Meter, his record with Chris Potter on it is coming out uh, on the 8th on next Friday. And he right. also has Miguel Zanon on there. And uh, so that's a pretty good record. Pretty good uh, saxophone players on there. And so I think that's March 1st by the af- af- after that. So that's all the releases for us in 2019, February. Uh, but lots of stuff coming out. There's literally something coming out every single week until the end of May currently on the calendar, which is a little overwhelming, but I'm glad, glad to uh, help people get their music out. So... It's going to be a busy 2019 for us, and uh, stay tuned for the next This Is Jazz Today. Share it with uh, people that you know love to check out new jazz music. So thanks for being here, Alan, and uh, I'll talk to you soon.